It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Breaking and entering... Drunk and disorderly, law and order. A former prosecutor and a defence lawyer, not your typical pairing. And the result? Conversations about crime and punishment that are guaranteed to get you thinking. Welcome to Justice Matters with Joe Crowley and Lizzie Green, a brand new weekly podcast. Our episodes are available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. Check out our Instagram for clips at Justice Matters Pod. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Justice Matters, conversations about crime and punishment. Listeners are advised that this episode focuses on crimes of passion and intimate partner homicide. It contains descriptions of violence and murder, particularly against women. So, Joe, I want to start by talking to you about a case which possibly is the case that riles me up the most of all the cases that I teach to my students. Okay. This is a case about a guy called Damien Sebo, or or I should say, to be fair, it's a case about his victim, Taryn Hunt. So Sebo was a 30-year-old guy who was having a relationship with a 16-year-old girl. The relationship was sanctioned eventually by Taryn, the girlfriend's family, and Sebo moved in with them and lived there for a while. The relationship was a bit tumultuous. They had their ups and downs and they were effectively broken up but still in contact at the time of this story. Well, sorry, my recollection is they had sort of a, a similar group of friends and they was, would socialise with the yes. friends together and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So they had technically broken up but they were still spending time together. He lived in the same – they lived in the same house. Yeah, he yeah. had moved in. Yes. Yeah. On this particular day – they had spent some some time together that had a celebration for something and they were driving home. And while he was driving her home, she asked him to drop her at her new boyfriend's house. Mm. This resulted in an argument uh, and he said no, he wasn't going to drop her there. And by this point, he had pulled over the car to the side of the 
Pacific Highway on an overpass and they continued to argue. And so during this argument, Taryn, remember she's 16, told Sibo that she had in fact cheated on him during yep. their relationship. Mm-hmm. She told him how easy it was for her to have done that. And in Sibo's words, he recounted that she kept going on about the people she'd been with how and where and what she did. She was laughing in my face and that was it for me. She put me in a situation where I felt betrayed and used everything we planned. She diminished it. She just ripped it apart and tore me down. It just made me explode. Maybe that's understandable, but what happens next, I say, is not. Mm -hmm. This explosion caused him to take a wheel brace. He struck her four times to the head. He then waited a little bit of time while she was bleeding from her very serious head injuries before he called for help. He made up a story at the time. He tried to get rid of evidence. Sorry, he drove her, didn't he, to the hospital? Yeah, but was on the phone to them Yeah, as as he's driving. Uh, I said he'd found her like that. Didn't work and he ended up getting charged with her murder because she had suffered brain injury that were not compatible with life and they turned off life support. Yep. So fast forward to the murder trial and he tells the jury this story that she had pushed him and pushed him, she'd insulted him and he just exploded. And in essence, that is the defense of provocation. Yep. That he lost his self-control and he committed the murder while he'd lost that control. Yep. Amazingly, to successfully rely on that defense you have to convince a jury that not only you did lose your self-control but the circumstances were such that any ordinary person would have also lost their self-control in that circumstance and done the same thing that is killed your ex-girlfriend who's 16 and the jury said yeah yeah okay we would have done the same thing and then he doesn't get off though, does he? The effect of successfully arguing provocation is? A conviction of manslaughter, that's okay. right. But that's a massive difference because a conviction of murder, mandatory life in prison. Here in Queensland. In Queensland. <laughs> yes. Conviction for, for manslaughter, the penalty is at the discretion of the judge. Yes. There's a maximum yes. of life imprisonment, but you can get as little. I mean, there are manslaughter cases where people have gotten 18 months yes, in prison. Imprisonment, yeah. Sebo did get a minimum period of eight years to serve so you know not 18 months but he was released i think in 2013 yes because he was able to argue successfully in court that her words that she'd slept with other people that he was no good in bed were the types of things that would cause any person well an ordinary person an ordinary person to lose their self-control and beat that person to death. Yes. Boggles my mind right. that this could possibly ever be a viable defence. Yes, I am aware of your views on this. I when, I when you first showed me what you wanted to say and talk about this, I just thought, wow, I have got a really <laughs> difficult argument to make because, because these are obviously horrible cases which have tragic results at first blush when you first look at it i completely understand the reaction like this how does this how does how can this possibly be something that a sensible society would condone i totally accept that on first blush but i think when you unpack it which is i'm I'm hoping what we can do in this episode i think that you can see some reasoning for it 
I agree. There is a place for provocation as an explanation. In Queensland, we've got two versions. We can say that you were provoked into assaulting someone. I'm fully on board with that. But to say that we can accept that what someone has said is in some way a justification for causing a loss of self-control that excuses the killing of that person, that doesn't seem what the system should be doing. Okay. All right. Well, let's... Let's unpack some of that, shall we? Okay. So I think we should start by explaining the, and you and you have sort of touched on it, but I just want to go through in a bit more detail this difference between murder and manslaughter. So both of them involve a killing of a person. So you cause the death of another. That's an element that's similar to both murder and manslaughter. The difference between them is this intention element. So that in a murder, it is that you intend to kill them or do them serious injury. Uh, in Queensland, we call that grievous bodily harm. And in manslaughter, it's just that you cause the death. And the difference is the penalty that you get. And as you pointed out, manslaughter penalties can be ranged from anything from quite low sentences of imprisonment to very serious sentences of imprisonment, you know, 20 years. Yes. Depending on the circumstances in which you cause the death. And so provocation, and I think this is really in some sense at the heart of it, goes to this idea of do you have the intention? Because because it reduces murder to manslaughter, so you're still guilty of something, you're still punished. But the law recognises, if the defence is made out, the law recognises that you were so angry, you were so enraged that you weren't thinking straight, you didn't cause that. You didn't have that intention. And there's other defences which also look at that in, uh, idea of intention. I mean, insanity is the most obvious. You, you sure, you caused the death, but you you weren't of right mind. So that it reduced that moral culpability that you have for the offence. I sometimes explain it because I have to teach it yes. to my students as I guess the the idea is the difference in culpability between someone who's acting coolly, rationally, with malicious forethought to someone who's caught up in that heat of passion and not thinking straight. Yeah. Like I think they I think it's hard to say if you stab someone 63 times, which is another case where an accused person stabbed their partner 63 times and then tried to claim he didn't intend it. Are mm. we going to do that case? We're we going to talk about that. It case? wasn't provocation, that right. was a mental impairment case. Right, okay. But still, how do you say they didn't have intent? Yeah. Yeah. So so it's I think that recognition that there's a different level of culpability if you have lost your self-control. Yeah. All right, let me say a couple of things which I'm hoping will be borne out by what else we talk about in this podcast. <laughs> so one of the issues that I have is firstly, as you identified, a jury decided that in the case of Damien Sebo, they accepted that the defense was made out. And I'm a great believer in the jury's jury system. The other thing is is that is that this defence has been around for hundreds of years and not just in Australia, in multiple other countries. So it's not something that has just sprung out of nowhere. And, I mean, as, as uh, our research has turned up, the complaints that you are making are not new. They've been made, you know, for years. Yes. And, and the defence has been, if I can say, tightened up as it were. Well, I mean, tightened up in the jurisdictions where it still exists, but it's been abolished in a number of jurisdictions because there's recognition that it it has no place. Okay. 
why don't we why don't we look a bit at the at the historical background All of right. it? So if you Google it like I did, you will find that it comes up in Wikipedia. I'm a big fan of Wikipedia as a preliminary place to stop. Mm. I, hey, I, honestly, such an intellectual snob. <laughs> uh, you know, but you look at the you look at the footnotes and you follow the footnotes. Anyway, they group provocation under this idea of a crime of passion, and so that there's two types of crimes of passion: provocation and then honor killings. Now, I think we're all on the same page. So an honor, I suppose I should explain it. An honor killing that a member of your family, usually your father or brother, kills uh, uh, somebody in the family for dishonoring that family or for bringing shame on the family. And that's usually a, a woman or a female in the family. And it's usually in relation to sexual indiscretions. So that idea of honor killing has been around again for thousands of years. It's not and has never been a feature of uh, a defence in Australia, although it has it is has been a defence in other countries. Interestingly, I see in France and Italy it was a defence well into the 20th century. Anyway, it's linked with this idea of provocation that you could get so mad that you would kill another person, and particularly in relation to intimate partner homicides. The provocation involving intimate partner homicide, the, the man killing the woman in a, in a blind rage for usually adultery or... or confessions um, of adultery. Confessions of adultery or of extramarital affairs. Let's take it out of the religious context. Extramarital sexual relations. Um, or not even within marriage, but within a Just relationship. Cheating. Yeah, cheating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I was interested to find that the Bible talks about that and, and in the Old Testament justifies the killing of not just a woman but a man who was involved in adultery. So in Leviticus it says, And the man that committed adultery with another man's wife, even he that committed adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall be put to death. I'm not a justification for it, but it has been in Judeo-Christian society and thinking that sexual indiscretion could be visited with death. So I don't know when Leviticus was written, but it was a long time ago. But so if at all. we see... <laughs> It must have been written at some point. Just for those. It was just made up as conspiracy opinions. theory. You've heard it here first. Um, Leviticus was. <laughs> now, uh, so, but it, it comes into the common law, which is um, obviously we're both lawyers, so that's what we're interested in in about the 16th or 17th century. It's first identified. So, um, common law meaning case law. Case law, really. Judge made law. Judge made law, and really through um, it's a, uh, developed in the English speaking world in the England and then transported to. English colonies like Australia, New Zealand, and the United States is a common law country. Mm. It was described as a concession to human frailty. And I, uh, that, that phrase really struck me because as a defence lawyer, you are dealing with human frailty all the time in that you're representing the person who has committed the crime or is alleged to have committed the crime. Well, and I'm just going to say. Yeah, throw it out there. A concession to the person who has killed someone because they can't control themselves. What, do they deserve a concession? Kill someone because they can't control themselves. Well, it's recognised as, as, as you know, something that is within the range of human behaviour, yeah? And so well, the, I accept that that's how it happens, but I don't know that we should excuse it. But anyway, moving on. Well, I mean, it, it's not just something that is recognised in the law. I mean, it is in popular culture. The, the Incredible Hulk, the Marvel superhero, the Incredible Hulk, is absolutely a personification of this idea of blind rage. I mean, if you think about it, Bruce Banner, the scientist, turns into this enormous green hulking, super strong monster when he's made angry. And when he is the Hulk, he 
isn't in control of what's going on. The Hulk is this mindless, dumb persona that has taken him over. And that is absolutely a, a, a representation of this idea of a blind rage. I mean, interestingly, so I know you want to say something, just, I just want to jump in and say, interestingly, She-Hulk, who's another Marvel superhero, who was also super strong, she... She's always the She-Hulk. She doesn't go into a blind rage. She, and she is completely cognizant and is completely in control of her oh. strength. I thought that, that was a is really- interesting. Isn't it? Yes. So- I, I'm not saying people don't go into these blind rages. Yeah. I've read enough cases to know they 100% do. My issue is allowing that to be some kind of justification for killing someone. Okay, well, it's not, well, I'm not entirely comfortable with the use of the word justification. I'm just going to throw that out there. It, it, it is a concession to the moral culpability because the law recognizes that you were so enraged, you were not thinking straight, you couldn't. I mean, as a parent, I mean, we're both parents, we've both got kids. You have times where you are so angry at your kids. <laughs> Do you, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. I, I've never wanted no, to kill them of course well, you don't react in that violent way but you must be able to appreciate that you just can't even think straight you're so angry sometimes. i thought you're going to go down the path we're both parents and if someone did something to our child you'd fly into a blind rage okay well that's another i find one. that easier to agree with okay good all right so so that would you know so somebody does something to your child you react in the moment, so for the provocation, you have to react, not instantly, but very quickly because you have to be in that blind rage and you then kill that person. But you're calling... But so sorry, but are you happy with the defence to be available for that? No. Oh. No, I'm not. Okay. I don't ever want to be in that position where I'd have to feel so angry or upset about something that was done to one of my kids that I would consider killing someone. But I just want to go back because you're calling it a blind rage. Yes. But that's not what they call it in... The law. No. They just say you do it in the heat of passion. Yes. And that is quite a different phrase than blind rage. Like blind rage conjures up something different to acting in the heat of passion. And the courts have talked about heat of passion, meaning emotions that aren't normally experienced, you know. And so it's a bit of a, a broader kind of concept. And I, I also think that's problematic. Like there have been cases where someone is given the information about a cheating spouse. And I can think of one in particular where they hopped in their car, drove across the city to confront the partner and the, the person she was cheating with, kills them both and raises provocation as a defence. because Successfully or unsuccessfully? Successfully, because okay. the court said there was evidence from other witnesses that there had never been time for that passion to cool. Mm. But if you can hop in a car, drive, know where you're going, park your car, get up, you know, at some level you're thinking with enough cognitive capacity that why then, you know, so this is why I have a problem with it. Okay, sure. But I mean, in those cases, I mean, that was a line ball case, the the driving across the yes. city. And, and that idea of how long between you are provoked or you learn that, that whatever that information is that provokes you and you react is something that the courts have had to deal with because situations are different. And so you can't have a hard and fast rule that says it has to be within the first 30 seconds after you learn it because people react differently. You're sort of pushing on a bit of a sore spot there. That's always <laughs> going to be a, a bit of an issue. Well, a couple of things. One, I use the term blind rage. Yes, you're right. It, the, the statute and the common law we use this idea of the heat of passion but i mean that's just a 
function of the fact that it's like ye olde English. It was a phrase come up with, you know, you know, when early 20th century, late 19th century. I mean, it's not, I think blind rage accurately describes, I bet not in the pro, in the proper legal terms, what But I don't think is. in every case where provocation is raised has the allegation been or has the suggestion been that they were in a blind rage. I don't know that those words are used... Okay. Well, sorry. No, I accept those words aren't used in the in the like legal. It could be what they are meant to be considering, but if you are saying it as though blind rage is the threshold, there might be people listening who think, "Yeah, fair enough. If you're in a blind rage, you're not thinking straight." But I don't know that you always have to establish the blind rage for the defence to be considered. Okay, so you're saying that there's a spectrum of uh, levels Reactions. of anger. One of them is heat of passion, and a further along that spectrum is blind rage yeah so but that that sounds to me like you're accepting that if if we change the test to blind rage you would you'd be happy with the defense to remain oh no i'm no i i'm not happy for it as a defense what i think and we're veering off a little bit here but Mm. apart from queensland where a murder conviction carries mandatory life in prison yes other states other jurisdictions have a maximum of life imprisonment for a murder charge, but the judge determines to what degree that person needs to be imprisoned. Yeah, so you you, you don't have to have a provocation as a defence because you can go as guilty of murder and then explain That's the reason right. that That's right, so the judge can take it into account. Yes. Okay. And so I think that is a more palatable way to incorporate the context and the circumstances of the offending without reducing it from a murder charge because it is murder. Well, I mean, it used to be a complete defence. You used to be able to argue it. Yes, I mean, this is 100 years ago or more, but you would be able to argue it as a complete defence. So you've said, unbelievably, you've said if you you found somebody who'd been doing something to your children, you'd learn that, you still wouldn't accept that you would be able to invoke the defence if you then killed them instantly. I would I would want it to be part of the context provided to the court. But I can't have one rule for me and my kids. No, no. And well, one rule for Well, that's else. exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I stand by Okay. No, I like, I, like, I, I like that. But uh, I love my children dearly. Yes, yes. I would avenge them and <laughs> go to jail. And Some, go to jail. And go to jail. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, so you'd accept that you would have to go to jail. Yeah. Well, I suppose you would anyway, because it only reduces murder to manslaughter. Correct. But interestingly, in looking at the topic, so so a number of the cases, so the SIBO case is an example of there being an argument which then results in the man killing the woman. And that's in the literature seems to be the what a lot of people like you have problems with, and I can completely understand why. Mm. It seems that people are more comfortable with the idea that the man walks in on his wife and her new partner, sexual partner, having sex and then kills one or both of them. I didn't see too many people complaining about that, that interestingly, in the literature. No, well, I think the difference as well is there's been a lot of criticism of the defence because of what has been historically allowed to amount to provocation. Yep. So if we think about Sibo's case... Yep. It was what we would call words alone or yes. mere words. Yes. It was Taryn saying. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hurtful truths yes. to SIBO and insults that, God forbid, attacked his manhood or his pride, whatever it might be. Yes. So this idea of Words alone being sufficient to be considered provocation is where there's been criticism. Yes. Being confronted with the person you love in bed with someone else, that's not just an insult or a taunt. That's a physical act which is more accepted, I suppose, as something shocking and unexpected and infuriating and all of those things that yep. would trigger the loss of self-control. Yep. So I think that's the difference. Yes. And so your complaint really is with this idea of words alone. Of what amounts to provocation. It, because beyond the, the mere words alone, we've also in the past, and we've made some moves to fix this, but it's not entirely resolved. But this was called the homosexual advance defence for some time because yeah, okay. a number of men who had been propositioned or hit on by another man who weren't gay Yes, were so outraged at the thought of a guy hitting on them that they killed them. Yes. And successfully argued provocation. So that is also problematic. Yeah, but I think that's been that's been outlawed now, hasn't it? I well, mean, expressly outlawed. It's, in- so it has been said that an unwanted sexual advance will not amount to provocation unless in exceptional circumstances. So every bit of reform that we in Queensland have brought in is qualified by exceptional circumstances. circumstances. So there's still that little tiny bit of wiggle room for an accused to argue they are one of those exceptional circumstance scenarios and it could still potentially work. Well, I mean, it it doesn't rule out aggressive sexual advances for example so if it just says sexual advance well i mean you know if it's quite an aggressive sexual advance you could appreciate that that might be oh yeah well then that would be that'd be enough maybe even self-defense in that case yeah absolutely and now i mean self-defense and provocation are often run at the same time Mm. a jury get to choose between them what struck me about the about provocation is it's it is well it's mostly used in intimate partner homicides it's almost always the man killing the, the woman that strikes me as, you know, due to the physical differences between men and women and so that men are able to, as it were, kill a woman because they're physically stronger. Because it's not that women don't kill their partners. Mm. It's that they do it in a different way so that they, you know, the case of secretary, she shoots her husband when he's asleep. 
the case of Susan Falls, she drugs her they husband and him. then shoots him. Women tend to react differently. It's not that they don't kill their partners, they just do it in a different way and a way which doesn't allow them to 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 argue provocation because provocation has to be that heat of passion mm. has to be immediate. But the law recognises, you know, in some senses provides a defence for women because it provides the battered wife syndrome, which is a complete defence. It's not even a partial defence like provocation. Well, only if it's raised in the context of self-defence. Yeah, but it's not a defence on its own. I mean, it has to be. I don't want to not get technical for the poor listeners, but, I mean, it, it's not a defence on its own. It's part of It's a way of interpreting self-defence. No, killing in an abusive domestic. Oh, that's st- the statutory one. Jeez, we're not going to talk about that, are we? No, but that's not a complete defence. No, that's just not. a reduction to Yeah, but nobody wants to be bored with terrible uh, Legislation, things in, no. in Queensland No, law. that's right. So a woman can argue successfully that she has acted in self-defence, yes. even if it's not a current threat. Or even if the threat is not of potentially lethal force on this occasion yes. because of the abuse that's been suffered. Yes. Which is as it should be. I think yes. that's fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. But my point is that is a recognition of the mechanisms that women. So, what did I say? Oh, it's I a see concession what you're to doing. human. Oh, he's such yeah. a tricky lawyer. I Look see at this. what you're doing. Um, so, so, I said that the it's been it's provocation is described as a concession to human frailty. What I'm trying to say is that is that the battered wife syndrome is a concession to female frailty in terms of killing their partner in these ter- horrible situations they find them. And that provocation is the different side of the same coin. It's a concession to the male way of responding to these kind of things that happen in relationships. I don't know. I just thought that up then. That sounded good though. This is what you would do in court, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's something there. I don't know. I feel like there have been moves made to try and restrict the application of the defence. But you you feel there haven't been enough. I mean, let, why don't we talk about, mm. do you want to talk about Stingle? Because that yeah. was a high court case in Australia, which which was really a bit of a watershed. Yes. And But, though, I mean, the law's even moved on from there. Why don't we start with Stingle? It's, uh, it's got All right. A- so Stingle, he was a 19-year-old guy and he had been dating this girl and then they broke up, but he did not take the breakup well and he was still very much in his mind in love with her but i think and he was stalking her wasn't he and i think he even I'm there was a restraining kidding. oh sorry because yes. he was in love with her yes and so he, he couldn't let her go yeah so yes he was indeed stalking her and she was not happy about that because she had moved on with her life yes so he's doing lots of things that he shouldn't be doing primarily watching and following her yes. and so on this one night he saw his ex-girlfriend and her new partner leave a pub or a club. They went to their car and they hopped in and Stingle had happened to park his car nearby. So he went and hopped in his car and then he wanted to see what they were doing in the car. So he got out and he looked through the window and he could see that his girlfriend was performing oral sex on her new boyfriend in the car. He was not really happy about that. So he went back to his car and he smoked himself a little cigarette, took his knife from under his seat, seat. of his car, okay, yep. goes back over and, and I think this is when he knocks on the window and so the guy opens it and he told him to leave her alone and she That's said right. she didn't want to be left alone Yeah, and Stingle decided to stab him. Yes. Killed him. Yes. So he comes to court on a murder charge and he claimed that he was provoked, that yes. seeing that conduct yes. was 
so provoking to him that he lost his self-control and he killed in the heat of passion. Yes. Now, there was a lot of things that the court looked at in this case. One of them was, you know, we talk about would an ordinary person have also lost their self-control. Yes. And so Stingle says we, we won't look at anything specific about an accused person to judge their actions by. We're going to have this purely standardized ordinary person but we'll let them be judged as being the same age yes. as the accused. So any 19-year-old, would they be likely to lose their self I thought they were also talking about um, gender. No, I just remember. age. Age. And that, I mean, that's understandable because young people yeah, uh, have, are often uh, more volatile than older people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this whole recognition that young offenders are right up to the age of 25 because their brains haven't fully well, formed yeah. until then. Yeah. So, so age was taken into account. They didn't say that this wasn't, the type of case where provocation could be raised yeah. it was definitely something that was able to be considered but yeah. the fatal element for stingle was that between seeing the sexual act yes and performing the murder he went and had a cigarette which gave him time to think and cool and down. reflect and cool down yes so he wasn't able to argue it successfully but it certainly was the type of case where provocation was open Yes. Yes. And, and I mean, it was a case that went to a jury, didn't it? It was in Tasmania. I yeah. Think. It went to a jury yep. and the jury rejected it. He then appeals, goes yes. all the way to the High Court. So, I mean, in that sense, again, coming back to my point about faith in the jury system, you know, they looked at that and they said, no. There has been other cases where other factors, factors are taken into account about this ordinary person. Yes. So there was a case in the Northern Territory and this was decided after Stingle yes. where there was this High Court proclamation that the only characteristic that could be taken into account was age. Yes. But the accused in this case was from a remote Indigenous community yep. and the court said that they allowed and encouraged an assessment of the ordinary person to be an ordinary person from that particular community. So it was contextualised yes. for that cultural background. Yeah. That, That's understandable. Yes, totally understandable. And I don't think it's wrong to contextualise an ordinary person test. No, yeah, particularly in terms of cultural That's uh, right. slurs, if you like, yeah. or, because cultures place emphasis on different things. And so even though that went against that ruling of the High Court, that case remained as the court had Yes, but that coming back to your issue, which is words alone shouldn't be enough. The current law in Queensland is words alone are not, uh, are not enough unless it's ex extreme or exceptional. Yeah. So the changes that were made, and I think this was reflected in New South Wales in 2014, and then in Queensland, just in the last couple of years, mere words are insufficient. So words alone are not enough. Unwanted sexual conduct is not enough. And anything that is said or done to end or to change a relationship, so confessions or revelations of cheating or infidelity, are not enough unless exceptional in character. So that qualifier attaches yeah. to all of those reforms. Yes. That the general rule is not enough to be words, not enough to be ending a relationship, not enough to be an unwanted sexual advance unless you can show it's exceptional. Yes. I mean, good and, lawyers. Yeah. Don't point at me. Take that little wiggle room and yes. they get right in there and they make their arguments. So in my mind, it's still very open yes. for that to be successfully raised for mere words or for infidelity 
or for an And you're unhappy about that. I am unhappy about it. But, uh, well, it's extreme and exceptional, which is a pretty high threshold. Well, no, I I checked. It's just exceptional Exceptional. circumstances. The common law used to be extreme and exceptional. Right. But they just took the exceptional part. Exceptional circumstances. I'm comfortable with that, particularly when you consider that you can take into account, for example, cultural differences in terms of something somebody says, which is because of its cultural the context very insulting and exceptionally insulting let's say using the legal terms and then causes a reaction i am not against context being put before the court i just i really struggle with saying that it's not murder okay because often these cases are so horrific so let me give you another example yep this was a gold coast case and i'll start up front by saying the defence failed, provocation as a defence failed. Yes. But this was a guy who got home, he'd had a big day, things had been tense at home, there was, you know, money problems, they have kids, and he walks in and his wife didn't look up at him when he walked in. She was doing some work on the laptop and he was pretty put out about that to start with. He was in a bad mood. Then he tried to talk to her. She wasn't listening, so he threw her computer across the room and she said, that's it. I can't live like this anymore. I'm taking the kids. We're going. We all hate you. And she said, kids, go and pack your bag. He lost it, got a golf club. She went and locked herself in the bathroom. He broke the door down. He broke the first golf club on her body as he hit her. He went and got a second golf club. Yeah. And continued to bash her. Yeah. The kids called the police. They came. He got arrested. Yeah. So this comes to trial. Yeah. And he claims provocation as a defense. The trial judge wouldn't allow it, so he appealed. And the Court of Appeal said provocation was open on the facts Mm. and it was an error that the trial judge didn't let it go to the jury. Yeah. And I just read that and I thought, What are you talking about? How on earth could we ever consider calling this offence anything other than murder? Yeah. And so that's where I have the problem. So what happened in that case? Was it sent back for a retrial? Yes, it was. And he was not. They said the second golf club was the problem. The fact that he broke the first golf club. Yes. But what I mean, in terms of provocation, I can understand that you're in a blind rage. Someone runs in the bathroom. You knock the door down. You you hit him with a golf club. Go and get the other golf club. You know, you you then go. You then stop and go and get another one. Well, you're not in a blind rage. Oh yeah, that's right. That was what was fatal to the defence for him. But the breaking down of the door with his kids watching because she said, "We don't love you anymore." During a fight. Yeah. What the hell? That was murder. Even if it was, it was only... certainly a criminal offence. I think we can both agree on yes, that. Yes, all right. Yes. Anyway, this is why what I get level very emotional offense? about it. Yeah, right? I mean, it's understandable. They're very, very emotional cases. Mm. I mean, so the UN has been involved in this. So the UN has, over the last decade or more, done a lot in terms of talking to treaty countries about violence against women and girls and done a whole range of things. One of them was to send suggestions to countries about legislation they might want to put in, in terms of the provocation or to look at legislation they had in relation to provocation. So, I mean, it is something that is, you know, the kinds of issues you're raising are 
not new and that presumably governments are, are looking at them. I'm interested to hear what you think about in Canada. So in Canada, they have changed the provocation defence. As I understand, I'm not a Canadian lawyer, but as I understand mm -hmm. it, the, prov the, the provocation that you offer has to be something that would amount to a criminal offence where you could be punished for more than five years imprisonment. So you and I know as lawyers, criminal lawyers, that that has to be a pretty serious offence. And so as soon as you say something like that, words alone are straight out. I mean, there's yeah. no, you can be convicted of a criminal offence for saying things, but it's not a serious offence. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you think about that? Okay. I think that's probably got some merit. I mean, are there, are there I, exceptions built I into like that? I like that you think that I know anything more than I just <laughs> said to you. No, I haven't made any kind of study beyond that. But I think that came about because of a case where a guy raised provocation after killing his wife yeah. because he had wanted to talk to his wife in private yeah. and she refused yeah. uh, and he found that the presence of the other person there who was someone the wife might have been interested in. I think was interested in. I think it was, was that wasn't in dispute. She yes. was in a car park, wasn't she, standing with her new love interest, talking to him. But what they described it as was the fact that he couldn't talk to her alone was taunting and insulting. <laughs> okay. I think, holy moly. Okay, but he, he's convicted. He doesn't argue that successfully. Yeah, no, but it was able to be raised. And if you had a different jury, it could go a different way. Yeah. Like if it's able to be put to a jury, that's the issue. If yeah, these... oh, well, I don't think that's the issue, but yeah. No, so but if, if it's broad enough to be put to the jury on that basis, you cannot be sure what a jury's going to do. So it, it's equally open to convict or acquit or find it successfully raised or not. Well, juries, I like to think, come up with a just result. I mean, they're, 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 aren't they charged with doing justice according to law? They are 12 people who don't have any training in the law. And I, I am a fan of the jury system. I respect that. But you cannot tell me juries don't get it wrong. Oh, that's a tough one. Of course, I do sometimes. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying all the time. Yeah, I mean, you you couldn't possibly argue that they don't get it wrong sometimes. I mean, one of the grounds of appeal is that the jury Correct. jury verdict was just wrong. Correct. Based on everything they heard, they should have come up with a different answer. That's a very hard one to argue, and it's almost never successful. In the no, I know, but if you think about all the variables, and this is a whole different episode, yes, I think, yes, but all the variables, they're guided by what is said by defence counsel, by prosecution, by the judge. They have to put it all together with the evidence that they've heard. There is so much potential for error or misunderstanding or there with, is with 12 people it's, yeah one or two of them might misunderstand i don't think it, it all 12 will i mean i think that's the benefit of having 12 well and i know but then what if you had a very strong character who took on the four person role and influenced the others you know like there's a lot of variables you've been reading too many john grisham novels <laughs> Not for a few years. <laughs> I mean, look, sure, that might happen. But um, it, does it happen so often that the that it really means that the jury service, the jury system as a whole has some kind of it, well, problem? Well, they accepted that SIBO's conduct yeah, was Yeah, they did. They heard SIBO sit in the witness box and say on oath what he had done and why, and they decided he shouldn't be guilty of murder. He should only be guilty of manslaughter. And I think you that think is a travesty. Wrong. Yes. Well, perhaps we should... Uh, Agree to, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. We'll leave it there. 
We'll have to pick something less contentious. All right. Well, thank you, Lizzie. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode. You can find links to the cases that we discussed in the description. You can also find a link to Guardian Criminal Law, and a big shout out to them for making this podcast possible. The majority of criminal cases involve people, normal people, people like you, people like me, who find themselves in an unusual set of circumstances that would not usually occur in their life. My name's Mark Savick, and I'm here to assist you with your criminal matter. I look forward to hearing from you and being of assistance to you. If you're interested in clips, you can look at them on Instagram and TikTok. Just search for Justice Matters Pod. See you next episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.